Hi there, folks, and welcome. Welcome back to NTI's Japan Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Zivna Kajimam, again. And this podcast is brought to you, among others, by Native Shark, which is an online platform for learning Japanese. And what Native Shark do is they make learning Japanese really, really simple. So you just show up, click a button that says study now, and the platform will then show you exactly what you need to learn next based on your progression. Now, this may sound simple and in practice it is, but the way it's designed means that students who use Native Shark once a day for four to five months can complete the equivalent of over two years of university study. And what they're also unique in is that they teach all of the types of Japanese that you wouldn't normally get in traditional schools or textbooks. And if you've ever studied with one of the more common textbooks that foreigners usually pick up, you've probably noticed that there are a lot of sentences or conversations in there that you'd never really hear in real life, and vice versa. Some of the stuff you actually hear when you're out and about in Japan is never really covered in these traditional textbooks. So this isn't the case with Native Shark. It's very well grounded in everyday spoken Japanese, whether it's casual or formal language. And you can really expect, like one of the students writes in their reviews, you can really expect to be picking up the sort of little nuances that no one would expect a non-native speaker to use. And that's pretty rare for most Japanese courses. So yeah, really, really useful platform. And since you've heard about it here on the podcast, you also get an extra little bonus. If you sign up using the URL nativeshark.com forward slash NTI, we'll link to it in this episode's show notes. That's native without an E, so N-A-T-I-V shark, or one word, dot com forward slash N-T-I. Use that link to sign up and you'll get a double length free trial. So two weeks free instead of the one. And you can sign up for that free trial without having to put any uh, credit card or anything of the sort in there. So give it a go. You won't regret it. Okay, so for today's episode, this one is a short segment from one of our Wednesday Japan real estate rooms on Clubhouse. And if for some reason you're still not aware of the platform, Clubhouse is basically an audio chat application. So plenty of audio chat rooms on various topics. We host one every Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. Japan time, and the experts hosting it are Emil Gorgis, a Tokyo real estate broker who specializes in Tokyo family homes, and perhaps more importantly, is also deeply knowledgeable on all things related to mortgages, property loans in Japan. We've also got Tracy Northcott, the Minpaku or short-term stay queen, and she knows all there is to know about maximizing profits from properties via short-term rentals, such as Airbnb and similar platforms. Uh, yours truly, of course. And also we've got a recent new addition to the team, Matt Ketchum and his business partner, Parker Allen. And they are the Akia and Inaka gurus. So all things related to Japan's abandoned or semi-abandoned properties, mainly in the countryside, but often even just outside or even in some of the suburban areas uh, of some of the uh, bigger cities in Japan. And this particular recording is a segment of a conversation during which uh, we try to the best of our ability to answer a question that someone in the audience had about these types of properties. And Matt was just chiming in uh, after, all, after we all did. And that was the first time we actually met him or virtually met him, I should say. But he quickly became a regular part of the panel. And he and Parker's expertise as part of their business model at their company, Akia and Dinaka, has brought great value to many listeners and, of course, to many clients. So here it is, our thoughts on abandoned properties in Japan's countryside and also our very first meeting with Matt Ketchum of Akia and Inaka. Enjoy, and I'll see you again on the other side. So what's your opinion about those abandoned properties um, that just get auctioned off? Uh, maybe not, not, not so many left in, you know, around the cities, but out in the countryside or reasonably close to the cities. Um, what's your opinion of trying to grab those at an auction and trying to restore them? 
So I have no experience with it, and none of my clients are sort of into it. It's not the business that I do, so I cannot speak to it whatsoever. Um, but I do have I do have a bit of an opinion overall on those old properties, which I'll go in a second. But Ziv and Tracy, do you have anything? Um, yeah, I got a lot of opinions on them. The question is, um, in what in what format or in what aspect of them are you interested in? If you're looking into them as a place to um, to have as your home away from home or a holiday home, or you might be looking to you know set up a countryside guest house, uh, which Tracy can speak to, and that sort of thing. If you're happy to be hands on with a place uh, and live there or frequent it, yeah, um, exactly. Um, it was. More the first one to be actually both of those scenarios that you mentioned, um, you know, both just have something, um, you know, no matter if I travel around the world or whatever, I know I have a home to come back to, um, and also as a project, you know, just something to do on the weekends. You know, I, I like to work with my hands, um, but also yeah, as a potential source of revenue, pick up something for cheap, um, restore it, and then um, maybe you know lease it out to someone to set up, you know. Like a, a restaurant, or, or, or just as a like an Airbnb or something. But yeah, both of those scenarios. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll let Tracy answer the Airbnb side of things or the the short term stay side of things. Um, as an investment, other than that, uh, and even with that, um, they're not going to be profitable, unfortunately, at all. Because um, unless the area is very popular and people are actually actively looking to set up business in that kind of place there. Um, it's not going to really draw any tenants uh, for leasing for business or for residence purposes. And if the area is popular, um, then they're not going to be that cheap anymore. Uh, on the on the downside of that, if the area is not popular, then whoever's got 50,000 bucks to set up a restaurant can also buy one of these themselves. Um, so there's really not much of a market there for long-term leases. And if you're looking at short-term leases, you need to closely look at whether you're going to be managing it yourself or if you're going to be in an area which might have management options for you, which again depends on the area. But I'll, I'll let Tracy speak to that. Thanks, Zoom. Um, yeah, I, I, I think we all have a, a lot of opinions as well. I mean, look, it, it makes for great newspaper clicks to say free houses, you know, they're giving away properties. and um, But... You know, if you go in with your eyes open and you don't, if you're not looking to see that this is a get-rich-quick scheme, that and you're looking at it as well, this is something that you want to tinker around with and you want to, you know, use your hands and build stuff with and, and keep your go in with your eyes open and some realistic expectations. I say go for it um, because you know that's but that's a choice that you're going to make. Uh, you know, to think that you would make money off it is is unlikely. Um, I guess most of us who have come from Western countries have the, have have really been brought up with the mindset of you know uh, property property makes money you know you'll have the asset it'll 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 um, it'll grow in value that's that's not the case in Japan um, and uh, there are you know there are other things at play here but um, in terms of just just having things go up in value year on year because that's what happens that's not the case here in Japan it is a depreciable asset. Which blew my head off when I first when I actually got got around to understanding that 
um, it, it really was a surprise to me because I, it was always drummed into me from a very early age that you know property, property, property will you know you'll you'll never lose value. But that's that's something that is not the case here in Japan. You think of it like a car; you buy it and expect it and expect to lose money as soon as you as soon as you've got the keys. Um, that said, though, there is some lifestyle um, there is some lifestyle benefits to to owning a owning property um you can do what you like to it um you can you know be building with it um and then also if it's something is someplace that you like to go uh and then possibly make it as a as a short-term minpaku that's t- totally possible as well you would have to do your own marketing to get the demand up um when when i look at short-term rentals in in my market it's mostly inbound tourists Obviously not right now, but usually it's an inbound tourist market play, and so uh, and most first-time tourists are doing the golden route. So that's uh, Tokyo, Kyoto, Osaka, um, and that's pretty much where they spend their two weeks. Uh, it's it's the second, third, fourth-time visitor that will get off the beaten track. Um, and uh, it has to be, you know, you have to have something else to draw people there rather than just a, a pretty house. Um, so uh, I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm just saying go in with your eyes open. That's me talking. Awesome. Thank you. That makes perfect sense. Uh, so my personal point of view, I actually looked at, there was some um, some places in, in uh, uh, Niigata that were offering really cheap um ski in ski out apartments for you know i i saw the real estate list they were a thousand dollars for um you know to get these properties uh, but the other thing you have to be careful of is have the taxes been paid or have the the uh the hoa fees been paid um if they haven't been paid and you buy something for a thousand dollars you still might have a couple of tens of thousands of dollars of back taxes or or um fees that oh. are owing that you will have to, you know, that you will that you, that you'll grab, that you'll own when you when you get the title to the property as well. So that's something else to consider when you when you look at these cheaper properties as well. Plus, course, in particular, yeah. in particular, when you're talking about the uh, ski resorts, a lot of them are on resort land. So when Tracy says HOA fees, um, aside from any uh, from any old fees that might have not been paid, even if everything is paid, you're still going to be paying the resort itself. Anywhere from 100 to 300, or even more than that in some cases, uh, dollars per month, and it comes with lots of benefits. But if you're only going to be using the place for two weeks a year or a month a year, um, it might be cheaper to just rent a place when you go up there. And those um, resort land properties are not cannot be leased short term to anyone. That's part of the resort rules. So that's that's something to look at. I'm not sure if ski was your thing, but that's something to look at specifically on that. Okay, thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, Matt, we got Matt come up. How are you doing, man? Hey, good. Um, it's not so much a question as a comment on what Rodrigo was just talking about. I deal in Akia um, with a company I have called Akia Inaka. Um, it's, yeah, like you said, it's it's rather fraught with uh, kind of uncertainty. There's a lot of due diligence that needs to be done. Um, it's highly speculative. It's highly dependent on owners and municipalities and things like that, but just kind of chiming in and saying it's totally doable. I do it. We just closed on some houses last week. So if you're interested, happy to talk. 
Matt, could you, yeah, could you let us know what you're doing with that space, actually? I'm very interested in that. Um, what sort of, uh, and how do you make money from them? Right, so we um, we function more as a uh, real estate consultancy that's partnered with uh, a actual real estate licensed real estate agent and judicial scrivener uh, called STK Group, and the subsidiary STK Properties is our um, our partner. But the way that we work is integrating with our clients to figure out, you know, what the hell is it are that you are looking for? Because you know, Japan's an entire country, and there's a whole bunch of different <laughs> types of things out there. And when you start talking about, you know, living outside of be it Tokyo, be it Yokohama, you know, basically the major metro areas, um, it's not something that a lot of people, you know, have kind of heavily thought about up until um, sort of COVID happened, right? And so there's a lot, like I said, there's a lot of uncertainty. And so the first thing that we have to do is kind of work with our clients to determine what it is they're actually looking for, um, you know, be that geography, be that, you know, how many stories, obviously budget factors into that. Um, and all of these things. Uh, and so working with them and uh, as a buyer's rep, essentially, um, we take them through the exploration process, kind of the kicking the tires process, introducing them to seller's reps, introducing them to the owners themselves, um, neighborhoods, things like that. Um, and finally, if, if and when we determine, and that's also portfolio uh, development and curation. Um, and finally, when we do uh, figure out uh, which property it is that they are, you know, actually interested in buying usually after about a month, month or two uh, of kind of research and for lack of a better term, kind of hand-holding. Because again, it is, it's, we, it's weird um, territory that does have its pitfalls. And so we need to be very careful about that. Um, but finally, once we are able to determine, you know, whether or not there is a property out there that they do want to go with, um, we hand them off to our partner, uh, take them through that entire process, which also, if required, you know, involves um, translation, things like that, um, and finally getting the keys into their hands, uh, and then following that also with um, various uh, upkeep services. Because, I mean, honestly, there are turnkey spots that we've sold on a Thursday, and our client moved in on that weekend, right? Uh, and then there are also very much fixer-upper spots that, you know, don't have the piping for the water and this, that, and there's, you know, rot and whatnot, but they are, you know, a thousand bucks or whatever. Um, and so there is a very wide spectrum of people who uh, are kind of interested in buying these properties, but they are buying. So, there you go, folks. Matt Ketchum from Akiandi Naka, and he, along with the rest of our distinguished panel of experts, so maybe not that distinguished if I'm in it, but at least most of the panel is distinguished, and we're on, as mentioned, every Wednesday, 1.30 p.m. Japan Standard Time on Clubhouse. We'd love to have you with us, and if you still don't have a Clubhouse membership, don't be shy. Hit us up in the comment section or just email us on info at nippontradings.com. That's N-I-P-P-O-N tradings with an s or one word dot com and we'll hook you up with an invite really good conversations on clubhouse and in our room q a sessions general japan real estate banter really fascinating stuff so don't be shy drop by and have a chat we all love to talk shop now before we go we're also as always going to tell you and also link to our other sponsors website that's hiroshi shimizu immigration lawyer and administrative scrivener if you're thinking about moving here on a more permanent basis or you are already in japan on some sort of a more temporary visa and you want to switch to a longer term or permanent one and also if you're considering setting up a local company or branch office of a foreign company and you've got any sort of business or visa related inquiry 
or even if you just want to find out what your options are on any of these topics, feel free to contact Hiroshi Shimizu. You can find him at japanimmigrationexperts.com and he can help you set up a company, apply for any kind of visa, or just provide you with the best advice and extremely affordable consultation related to these topics. And he's already done that for many of our listeners and our clients. So feel free to reach out to him. Again, that's japanimmigrationexperts.com, all one word, and you'll be well on your way. And that's it from us for today, folks. Hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Japan Real Estate Podcast. Do share it with your networks and please let us know what you think. So leave us a short rating review on the iTunes store, on Spotify, wherever you're tuning in from. Or just drop us a line in the comments section or wherever you might have found this episode. We love hearing from you. Hope to have you with us again next time. And until then, have a great day or night ahead. Yoshiku. Yoshiku.